When you're working on a complex problem, how do you innovate and fix it? Is it better to generate creative insights or to use logical reasoning? You need both for creative problem solving. You spark ideas and explore multiple solutions with divergent thinking. You analyze ideas and choose the best solution with convergent thinking. This is episode 12. Divergent thinking versus convergent thinking. You need both to get unstuck and solve creative problems. Hello and welcome to The Incrementalist, a productivity podcast on making big changes in small steps. My name is Diane Williams, and I'm your productivity coach and host of the show. Linear thinking is the common default mode when we work on projects and tackle problems. This includes making specific plans and listing action steps. It keeps us organized and on track. But linear thinking is not effective in addressing adaptive challenges with uncertain outcomes. To get unstuck and solve complex problems, you could blend divergent thinking and convergent thinking. This leads to creative problem solving, where you generate new original ideas that are meaningful, valuable, and practical. In 1956, American psychologist J.P. Guilford coined the terms divergent thinking and convergent thinking to describe two cognitive approaches to tackle problems and find innovative solutions. The interplay between these two contrasting styles of mental processing leads to optimal performance. Divergent thinking asks, why not? Convergent thinking asks, why? Divergent thinking draws on imagination and intuition. It involves curiosity, originality and novelty, fluency, like how many ideas were generated, imagination and ideation, flexibility and adaptability, and risk-taking. It is web-like, circuitous, broad, and considers the big picture. It is more about exploring what could be. Convergent thinking relies on reason and logic. It involves subject knowledge and expertise, focus and concentration, intelligence and aptitude, and risk reduction. It is sequential, analytical, narrow, and focused. It is more about capitalizing on what is. Divergent thinking generates different ideas and multiple solutions. You begin with a prompt and generate many solutions. Although the process is structured, you stay open-minded and open-ended as you brainstorm ideas and explore possibilities and options. There's no analysis, no judgment, and no arguments being made. Convergent thinking narrows down multiple ideas into a single solution. You begin with information and converge around a solution that works best. You organize your ideas, evaluate and analyze them, weigh the pros and cons, and make decisions and choices. You need divergent thinking to allow the mind to spark new ideas and to be more creative. But you also need convergent thinking to choose the best ideas and to implement them. Executing an idea is necessary 
for true innovation to emerge. Divergent thinking is equated with creativity. It leads to abstract and generalized ideas. Convergent thinking is equated with typical intelligence. It generates well-defined and detailed solutions. Creative problem solving requires both types of thinking. They are not competing or conflicting processes, but are complementary to one another. Some problems have only one correct answer, like a simple math equation: one plus one equals two. But some problems may have multiple solutions. You need to blend divergent thinking and convergent thinking to do creative problem solving. J.P. Guilford's model of creative thinking has four basic steps. Step one is to define the problem you wish to solve. Step two is to apply divergent thinking to generate as many solutions as you can in the time allowed. You're not considering whether the ideas are viable or practical. You're creating choices. With divergence, you produce many ideas, combine ideas, and apply information in unique ways and generate novel or unique solutions. Mind mapping is one way to capture divergent thinking. Mind maps connect ideas that help you to see the big picture and how different parts of a problem or solution connect to each other. For more on this, you can check out my article that is posted in the show notes of this episode. When you are done with step two, the divergent phase, you then move on to step three. This is where you use convergent thinking to eliminate, modify, or combine the ideas you came up with. You're evaluating and validating the ideas. You're making choices. In the convergent phase, you can use prototyping, test marketing, and mock-ups to validate ideas. You also make specific detailed plans and list action steps to implement the solutions. Step four is to finalize the solution and prepare to implement it. Anne Manning, founding partner of Drum Circle, an insights and innovation firm, says the constant switch between divergent thinking and convergent thinking prevents creative problem solving. She recommends separate sessions for idea generation and idea analysis. Don't mix the two. Manning is the co-instructor of Creative Thinking: Innovative Solutions to Complex Challenges, a course provided by the Harvard Division of Continuing Education. She notes that switching between convergent and divergent thinking is like multitasking. Which is not very effective and burns up a lot of energy and brain power. She says that instead of doing them in the same meeting, you batch divergent and convergent thinking task. You can take an hour to brainstorm ideas, then take a break, perhaps for a whole day. People get their best ideas when they are sleeping, in the shower, daydreaming, or engaging in other things. They can write their ideas down. And return to the next session or meeting for the convergent phase. Avoid using convergent and divergent thinking at once. It's actually impossible to do. You want separate times to come up with ideas and choose the right idea. One session to brainstorm without judgment, and another session to evaluate, rule out, and select ideas. Too much divergent thinking can lead to an endless number of ideas and no solutions, and too much convergent thinking can lead to no new ideas 
and analysis paralysis. The trick is to leverage each of them so they complement one another. Before you make a decision, draw conclusions, and choose a solution, you should engage in divergent thinking, and if you're in a team, share different ideas and suggestions without judgment. A common form of divergent thinking is a regular brainstorming session. It calls for on-the-spot immediate feedback from each team member. This can be intimidating, especially for less vocal, more introverted, and quieter members of the team. And not everyone will have an immediate idea. An alternative is nominal group technique, NGT, for group brainstorming. It helps to eliminate duplicate ideas, clarify issues and problems, and reach a relatively quick agreement on solutions. Team members could spend 2-10 to 10 minutes writing down their ideas to solve a specific problem or answer a specific question described by the facilitator. Then each person will have a turn to share their favorite idea, even if it's a duplicate idea or an expansion of another idea. There is no discussion, explanation, or justification at this point. The facilitator simply records the items or ideas for the team to see. This could be on a whiteboard or flip chart, for example. After divergent thinking is complete, you then structure the information and organize ideas with convergent thinking. You could use an affinity diagram to organize ideas and group data based on themes or common relationships. Affinity sets or groups help to highlight connections and identify patterns. This is followed by a rank ordering of the ideas through a point system and a structured discussion. What's the priority? What's most relevant? What will make the most impact? What will be the most feasible or practical idea? On a score of 1 to 10, or 1 to 5, for example, each team member will rate how important an idea is to them. Let's say higher numbers mean better or more favored ideas. The ideas that have the highest point total are then considered to be the top solutions for the group to discuss, confirm, and decide on next steps. Another way to vote on ideas is to rank order the preferences. Nominal group technique allows individuals to pool their ideas and apply them in uncertain situations or where there is disagreement on the nature of the problem and how to solve it. Ideally, you want five to nine members in an NGT group. And an NGT session for a single issue takes at least 45 minutes to one hour. In his book, My Creative Space, author Donald M. Ratner defines creativity as the act of developing novel and useful issues for products, services, and systems. He describes 48 creativity tactics in his book. I'll summarize a few here. Tactic number three is to work under lofty ceiling. Ratner says spaces with high ceilings, like 10 feet or higher, encourage you to explore and generate out-of-the-box solutions. But you'll be more focused, detail-oriented, and logical when you work under lower ceilings. Tactic number 17 is to make noise. He notes that silence focuses your attention, which is ideal for tasks that require attention to detail and linear reasoning. But to encourage big-picture abstract thinking that brings fresh ideas, 
you can use white noise. You don't want the noise to be so loud that you overwhelm your senses and can't process the information. Besides white noise machines, you can try apps like Coffitivity for coffee shop buzz or Raining.fm for rain and thunder sounds. Tactic number 21 is to dim the lights. Ratner says low levels of light foster innovative thinking. The absence of light draws us inward, which triggers mind-wandering and creative insights. He also recommends you balance dimness with task appropriateness. When you want to generate many ideas, dim the lights. When you're further into the creative process or need to do visually demanding tasks, turn up the brightness. Tactic number 25 is to get a good night's sleep. A 1988 study by J.A. Horn revealed that one night of sleep loss impairs divergent thinking ability, including flexibility, which is the ability to change strategy, and originality, which is creation of unusual ideas. In sleep, your unconscious mind is still processing information and coming up with ideas and solutions. Tactic number 26 is to take a nap for 10 to 30 minutes a day. Avoid the deeper stages of sleep so you feel refreshed instead of groggy after a nap. In afternoon naps, your brain takes a break from convergent thinking and engages in divergent thinking. Tactic number 34 is to do yoga or meditate. They both stretch your mind and body. With experience, you can use these mindfulness practices to slow your brain waves from beta to alpha and theta states. Beta is superconscious, awake, alert, and active. Alpha is conscious, calm, lucid, reflective. And theta is deeply relaxed. When you breathe, you can only breathe in or out and not do both at the same time. Yoga, meditation, or any type of breath work encourages you to do one thing after another, to focus on one thing at a time. With these mindfulness practices, you can develop the skill to not judge your ideas right away. Just list all your ideas first and then evaluate and select the best ones. When it comes to complex problems and adaptive challenges, there is no single solution. Rules, procedures, and processes are not enough. We need to use divergent thinking to generate multiple ideas and potential solutions and to apply concepts and principles in novel ways. But we also need convergent thinking to reach conclusions, make decisions, and produce deliverables. Keep a positive mindset when you're in convergent stage. Separate the two types of thinking to strengthen creative problem-solving skills. The social media app, Twitter, is an example of divergent thinking and convergent thinking working together to create a service or product. In the beginning, Twitter had no obvious purpose. When it was launched, the creators asked people how they used the app. Then based on the feedback, the creators refined the app to eventually make it into a popular social media platform. Another example is the development of the post-it note. In 1968, Dr. Spencer Silver was a senior scientist working to develop super-strong adhesives at 3M. In the process, he came up with a super-weak adhesive. It was of no use at the time. Years later, 
Arthur Fry, a researcher at 3M, used Silver's discovery to develop the post-it note. Fry stuck the weak adhesive on the back of paper. It was a solution for a specific problem he had, which was a makeshift bookmark for his hymn book when he was in choir practice. In 1980, sticky notes were introduced in the United States. It became one of the best-selling office products in the country. Divergent thinking is essential for creativity, but it is not the same as innovation to solve a real problem. You don't get paid or promoted just to come up with ideas. If the idea is too expensive or too difficult to implement, it's worth very little. Convergent thinking also generates ideas because it accesses and evaluates stored knowledge, but it's not enough for open-ended problems. You don't get paid or promoted to implement subpar ideas. If the idea is not innovative enough to tackle a novel problem, it's worth very little. You need both modes of thinking, divergent and convergent, to get unstuck and solve creative problems. The trick is to keep them separate so you can leverage both. If you have productivity questions you want me to answer in a future episode, email me directly through my website at dianewilliams.com. You can also contact me for productivity coaching. And if you like the show, please give it a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts or other app. Your downloads, ratings, and subscribes will help others to find the show. Thank you for tuning in and join me again next time.